0: Okay, let's go. So it's Maserati Niche here all the way live, and guess what? You're now tuned in to the Niche Speaks podcast, where I'm giving you everything you need to know about finances, everything you need to know about life, everything you need to know to get to the bag. I am a serial entrepreneur. I have tons of experience in everything. But the most experience I have is getting to the bag. So let's talk. So one of the questions that Maserati niche often gets is, how can I obtain good credit? Well, guess what? I understood that there was a major need um, to educate. And to empower and to inform and enlighten my people about financial literacy, because there is such a huge lack in the community, especially communities similar to the ones that I grew up in—inner city, inner city, inner city communities. Sorry, y'all, inner city communities um, that just do not have um, resources that will educate on financial literacy. So it brought me to being very passionate about educating our people, because America is ran on credit. Let's just face it. When you want to get a new car, when you want to purchase a home, when you're trying to get a business, when you're trying to obtain business funding, the very first thing that they ask you is what are your credit scores? So with that being said, how is it that majority of the African-American community have no clue about what credit is, how to build and establish good credit, how to maintain it, and how to leverage it, which is the most important thing. I don't want you guys to just feel like, oh, I need good credit because I need to get a car. Like, there will be time for you to ball out. There will be a time for you, you know, to do those things that's going to get you the bling and all of that kind of stuff. But what I'm specifically talking about is leveraging your credit. How do we do that? First things first. You will be told that you know you could purchase a home with a minimum of you know a 580 credit score. You do not want to do that. You want to know why? Because your interest rates are going to be high as hell. So, we want to avoid high interest rates. So, how do we do that? We do that by obtaining good credit. If America is ran off of credit, then that is something that you will definitely need. And why aren't you taught about credit until you're an adult? And by then, you are ready to mess your credit up. And when I say an adult, Basically, when you get to the point where you want to purchase a home, you know, you're like 26 years old, 25 years old. And you're like, I want to buy a home. But by then you didn't already ran through your credit. You didn't you, you didn't blown your credit. You messed it up. Your parents probably didn't got some things in your name and they didn't jacked your credit up. So how do we do that? So the goal is the 700 Club. So what you don't know, or what most people will not be able to tell you is that once you reach that 700 Club, it is definitely game time. So some of the bigger banks like PNC, um, what is it? Um, PNC, um, uh, Citizens, um, uh, Bank of America, uh, what's another one? BB&T and some of the larger banks, they want your minimum score requirement to be at at least a 680. Okay. In order for you to get their credit cards, personal credit cards, in order for you to get personal lines of credit, in order for you to get personal loans, in order for you to get home loans, business loans, business lines of credit, etc. They want you to be at a 680, but what you don't know is that 700 Club is going to make your chances more likely of you getting approved. That 700 Club basically lets a lender know that you got your ish together, meaning you pay all your bills on time. So I'm not saying that You know, anything less than the 700 Club isn't good enough for you to qualify because clearly – They want you to be at least a 680 to qualify. But I'm telling you that that 700 Club brings power. So if you want to be powerful and you want to look good on paper, aim for that 700 Club. So what are lenders looking for? Rather, if it's you trying to get a mortgage, rather, if it's you wanting to purchase a car, if you want to, you know, eventually be able to get access to business funding, what are they looking for? Your credit is actually your financial portfolio. It tells a lot about you, more than you think on paper, okay? So basically, if I'm looking at a credit profile and I see that you have some minimum credit card payments of, let's say, $25. So you're responsible for making the minimum payment, which is $25 a month. And I pull your credit and I see that you have been late for three months on that credit card with a minimum credit card payment of $25. What is that telling me about you? What is that telling me about, you know, your your payment habits. What is that telling me about your if you're responsible or not? What is that telling me about how you manage credit? What is that telling me about you financially? Well, what it's telling me is that you're not even capable of paying $25 a month on a minimum credit card payment. So why would I be willing to lend you 10,000? Or why would I be willing to give you a goddamn credit card? with a $3,000 limit if you're having a hard time managing your existing debt. So payment history makes up 35% of your credit score. It's super duper duper important, y'all. So 35% of your credit score is based off of your payment history. How well you do or you do not pay your bills. So you wanna have good credit? Pay your shit on time. (laughs) No, but seriously, if you really wanna have good credit, pay everything on time. So what you also do not know is your student loans um, is definitely, definitely reporting on your credit, okay? Your student loan is considered a loan. Um, I see n- probably about 85% of my clients avoiding student loans, and there's actually no way to escape student loans. Like, the only way you're really going to escape is if you probably die. We don't want you to die. we Lord, we don't want you to die, Lord. So, <laughs> So with that being said... We need you to, you know, make sure you're making payments on time. And if it's in deferment or if it's actually um, in forbearance, then that's fine. But you actually want to be careful because although you physically don't have to make payments, it's gaining interest. Interest is accruing. So you want to be careful with that because your debt isn't going anywhere because you're not making any payments. And on top of that, interest is being applied. So before you know it, you're going to be like, wait a minute. I borrowed $35,000. Why do I owe sixty? dollars Well, because you haven't paid your student loans in 10 to 15 years, okay? And the interest on it has gained gained more and more interest and now is out of control. So to avoid that, make sure you're paying your student loans on time because that gets reported also. Um, also, if you are not making your payments on time, I need you to understand that one late payment can lower your score anywhere between 30 to 60 points. So, so make sure you, you're making all your payments on time. And a lot of people will ask me, well, what about my cable bill? What about my cell phone bill? Well, guess what? You don't have to – we got a question? Oh, we got questions, okay. You don't have to um, – utilities do not report every 30 days. They do not report. So I would much rather you focus on the things that are reporting on your credit report. Make sure that gets paid on time. So if you're in – you know, this uncomfortable space and, you know, your money is tight and that, you know, sometimes that's a reality. You know, sometimes things get tight. I would rather you pay your credit card bill. I would rather you pay your car note. I would rather you pay your mortgage because those accounts are actually reporting on your credit profile. At least if you fall behind on your electric, they may give you a few months before they cut your shit off. But at least it's not it's not reporting on your credit report and it's not going to cause your scores to drop. Because if you get a late payment Your score is going to drop 30, 60 points. Now, what happens if you have three late payments at one time in one month? You know what I'm saying? You're losing about 100 points. It's not worth it. And then also, too, the banks will actually assess your credit. They will go back to see, to make sure you haven't had any late payments in the last six months. So it's super-duper important. What's the questions? So if you're going in, so basically um, we just had a question come in um, from the Instagram live um, and they asked if I apply for a personal line or business line, really doesn't matter. It's the same thing. If they apply for a line, how many inquiries will they gain? So what is an inquiry? So this is what an inquiry is. Every single time that you give somebody authorization to pull your credit to determine if you can be approved for whatever it is that you're applying for. That is considered a hard inquiry. That specific company that you are applying for is going to go to Experian, Equifax, or TransUnion to actually pull your credit to see if they are interested in approving you. Every time a company pulls your credit to inquire about you, that is called a hard inquiry. And when they do that, your scores will drop three to five points per inquiry. But if you only go to one bank, then it should only be one hard inquiry. So you should only lose roughly about three to five points for that one inquiry. Now, a lot of people like to car shop (laughs) without, you know, going in and being knowledgeable. A lot of people like to car shop and go to different dealerships. And they're looking for, you know, the best rates, they're looking for the best deals. And you can go to three different, you know, car dealerships in a day. And what you do not know is these dealerships are pulling your credit because they are trying to sell you this car. So the dealership may submit that loan application because you're applying for something. So now that specific bank is going to inquire about you to see if you're credit worthy enough, if your credit worthy enough for them to lend so now you went to nissan nissan may have submitted your loan application to three banks so now that's three inquiries then you went to a honda dealer honda may have submitted your loan to four banks so now that's that's four five six seven inquiries and then you go to um toyota and they pull your credit and that's another three inquiries so now you just walked away with 10 hard inquiries for the day based off of you car shopping. So then when you go to pull your credit tomorrow, you'll notice that your scores have dropped. And that will be the reason why. So you definitely want to, um, when I'm shopping for a car, I already know that my scores are in the 800 Club. So I'm walking in, I'm super confident. I'm going in, you know what I'm saying? I already know. Listen, I just need numbers. Numbers will make make or break this deal. So when I go in, I already take my credit report that I pulled and I'm talking to, you know, the car salesman, I'm like, listen, I'm interested in this. And what are the rates? What can you give me for being, you know, an 800 Club? And what you also don't know, that there are different categories that you will fall under based off of your credit score. So like A, B, C, D, like different tiers. So the lower your credit score, the higher the category that you're going to fall under. So for instance, I'm in the 800 Club, so I'm in Tier A, which means that I get the best rates possible because of my credit score. And then you'll also see these advertisements on tv where they say no money down and this would be your car note and woo 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 well that is geared specifically towards certain tiers so if you know that you're not in tier a or b then you wouldn't qualify for that deal so you got to be careful with that as well any more questions the the best way to get a house so there are several um different ways to get a home. Um, I just had a home buyers class yesterday um, that we taught me, Maria, Toya and Andres. So Maria and Toya are two realtors that I speak highly of. Um, their reputation is awesome. They they um, are really qu- good quality women outside of just being bomb as business women and realtors and also investors themselves. Um, I trust them with my clients and the um Homeowners workshop went really, 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 really well. So in the first time home buyers workshop, of course, we had different people with different experiences from different walks of lives. So some of them was like, okay, so me, there was this couple and they said that they wanted to purchase a home, husband and wife. And the wife had pretty good income. The husband had pretty good income. The wife thought that her scores were worse than her husband's. But after I reviewed everything, we determined that it makes more sense for her husband to get approved for the mortgage. I said, first and foremost, when you are a couple and you are deciding to purchase a home, and, you know, a lot of women, especially the sisters, we like, oh, you put me on this deed. I'm going on this loan. Something happened. So we look at it in that aspect. But you have to understand, when both of you guys decide to sign on that loan, now both of you are carrying a debt. So here's the thing. When you are purchasing a home, there is a such thing called debt-to-income ratio. So if you have too much debt, then quite naturally you won't get approved or you will get approved for a specific amount based off of your existing debt. So the more debt you have, the less you're going to get approved for with this mortgage because it has to make sense for the banks and the lenders. they like, well, if you got a car and you pay 1000 a month, your student loans is 1000 a month, your credit card debt total equals 300 a month, And you want this $300,000 mortgage and you're making $3,000 a month. It doesn't make sense. They're not going to be willing to give it to you. So what I told them is I said, listen, your husband's income is strong enough for him to support the loan on his own. His scores were he came to me. Actually, he said, I actually came to you for credit building. So we had got him three lines of credit. We got him the credit medic secure card. We got him um, the, my, the New Coast and we got him the jeweler's account. So at that point, he had a total of um, $10,200 worth of revolving credit. But he still doesn't have history. So his credit profile is really, really premature. So what we decided was his parents have good credit. Okay. his mom and dad have 800 credit scores, 700 credit scores. I said, listen, tell your parents to add you to the credit scores. Once they add you, he said, oh, my mom got some old accounts, too. Them joints like 15 years old, 20 years old. I was like, excellent. The older they are, the larger the credit limits, um, the, the better the payment history, the more it's going to impact your credit score. So the higher your scores are going to go. So he said, cool. So I said, when you do that in 30 days, Check your credit again and your scores are gonna be in the 700s. You go get that loan. We work on your wife's credit and get her where she needs to be, and then she can kind of piggyback off of your trade lines. And then once her credit is straight, we can go and get her a duplex. So now y'all have your primary home where y'all living at, but now you also have an extra source or extra streamline of income coming in that can actually help support your mortgage. So they was happy. They was like, oh my god, So um, that's one way. If you are single, um, you don't have any children, I highly recommend my first property was a duplex. And it actually gave me the opportunity to occupy one unit and rent the other unit out. Of course, that one unit um, that was on the first floor actually paid my mortgage, so I didn't even have to come out of pocket. And that's how you begin to build your capital, and you'll be able to have capital and credit. You are powerful with credit. You are less powerful with your money. Let me tell you that. So 100000 in credit is more powerful than 800000 in cash. Okay? So if you have the two, you are super powerful. You got credit. You got cash. If you have credit, cash, and assets, you rolling. That's me. <laughs> Look, that's me. That's me. That's me. That's me. Took a while to get here, but I'm here. Okay, what's the next question? So you can get inquiries off your credit report. You can definitely do that by disputing them. Now you want to, you have to speak the language um, lawfully or legally. There are certain things that the credit bureaus cannot do that are against the law. So when they break the law, they have to delete the accounts that you're disputing if you have some validity. If you have some, you know, reasons that. This should not have happened because you didn't do this on their end. So you got to kind of reverse it and give it back to them. And if they're breaking a law, they have to delete it. So you can dispute anything on your credit report. Honestly, you really can. As a consumer, you have that right. So you can dispute the inquiry, and if you get those inquiries off, um, then you'll notice your scores will go up the same amount that it decreased when they pulled the inquiry. Also, we do inquiries too. We charge $20 um, per inquiry. What if are zero balances? What if what's zero balances? So actually, um, one of the things – so this is one of the things we discussed too at the Home um, Buyers um, Workshop yesterday. So they asked me, is an old account that has been paid, is it affecting their credit? So what you need to understand is once that account hits your credit, you're basically – it's impacted at that moment. It's not going to continuously report. So once a collection post or once a charge-off post – it's, it's not going to continuously report. It's not like a 30-day late and then 30 days late again and 30 days late again. It's not supposed to report like that. Now, through my experiences, I have seen collection accounts report monthly. That's illegal. So if you have a derogatory account and it's reporting every 30 days, then that's illegal. So you can dispute that. Um, if you have a charge-off or a collection and you went back and you made a settlement offer and you settled it, it looks better if you go back and settle it versus not doing anything. At least if a lender is reviewing your credit and they look back and say, oh, damn, you had a collection two years ago, but you went back and paid the collection. Now, a viewer, I mean, a viewer, a lender will look at you differently if they're assessing your profile and they're like, damn, you got all these collections and you ain't went back and paid nobody. <laughs> It looks better if you went and settled your debt versus not doing anything at all because ultimately you're coming to them for more debt. So do you think if I if I loan Purple $100 and Purple don't give me my $100 back when she tells me she's going to give me my $100 back. I lend Purple $100. She said, Niche, I'm going to pay you back in 30 days. 30 days go by, still ain't get my money. I call Purple. Purple like, well, I don't have it. So now another 30 days go by. Purple... Still ain't giving me my money. So now my girlfriend Rhea comes and say, Niche, um, Purple called me and asked to borrow $100. Do you think I should give it to her? Hell to the no. She ain't giving me my money back, so I know she ain't going to give you your money back. So this is just like, to break it down, simplicity, like this is how lenders look at you. They're like, you didn't give Chase back their money, so I, no, Capital One, we ain't, we ain't trying to Like we're not giving you nothing. So that's how they look at it. So listen to me, income tax time is approaching and there are going to be a lot of y'all that want to ball out and want to waste your money, want to buy things that are not important. You fixing your credit ultimately is going to change your life. And I say this in the most sincere way. It's really going to change your life because once your scores are up high enough, you're going to save thousands of dollars um, by paying lower interest rates. Okay, You are going to be able to you know, establish an LLC and and your EIN, and then you're going to be able to get business credit cards and all that kind of stuff. So you know if you have goals and dreams, if you want something out of life, and you know that this is the key, this is the foundation, then why not get it together? Why keep putting it off every year, every year? So if you know you're going to run into a lump sum of money, if you don't want to dispute, because when you're disputing, it isn't a 100% guarantee that all of that you know, debt, that derogatory debt, the delinquent debt is going to come off. It's no guarantee. So with it not being a guarantee, there's a chance. But if you just want to say, hey, listen, I just want to call all the collection companies. I know I did it. I owe them. I walked away and never gave. I burned them. I never gave any money. If you want to go back and say, hey, listen, can I do a settlement? And you do a settlement. Your scores won't go up from you paying off old collections. So let's be clear. So don't think, oh, I'm going to pay off all this stuff and my score is going to go up because that's not the way it works. It's not going up. But it clears you from owing anybody. It's no longer hindering your growth. It's no longer preventing you from moving forward with getting personal loans, personal lines of credit, personal credit cards, business loans, business lines of credit. It's not hindering you anymore. And you can't go get a mortgage and you still have all this existing debt. So – Paying off your old collections will not enhance your credit scores, but it definitely will free you up from all of that debt. And it looks good that you went to rectify that. The other thing is what a lot of you guys don't know is collection companies offer PFDs. What is a PFD? A PFD is a pay for deletion where you are actually not trying to negotiate a settlement. You're basically saying, hey, I owe Capital One $1,000 from three years ago. Three years ago, I had a credit card, and I just stopped making payments on it. So Capital One probably sold that account by now to Midland. Midland Funding is a collection company. Midland Funding is coming up on your report. They're saying that you owe them $1,200. So Midland purchased the debt from Capital, and they put interest on it. So now you owe $1,200. Now, If you say, I want to do a pay for deletion, you're not trying to negotiate a settlement. You're basically saying, listen, I want to give y'all this whole $1,200 that I have, but in exchange, I want you guys to delete or remove this account. Anytime a derogatory account, rather if it's a charge off, rather if it's a collection, whatever it is, once it is removed from your credit profile, even if you're disputing it, once it is removed from your credit profile, you will see your scores go up. You will see your scores go up anywhere between 5 to 25 points per deleted account. So that's a good thing. Any more questions? To who? Step one of the credit? Oh, okay. So step step one of the credit. So back to, the, to building, establishing your credit. You want to make sure that your payment history is on time. So let's just focus on that. If you are horrible with paying bills, put your shit on autopay. Have somebody else pay it. One of the things that I do that keeps me on track and keeps me very responsible, I'm very disciplined in my finances. I do not play. I'm not somebody to just preaching and I ain't practicing, okay? So you want to make sure that you're paying your bills on time. So I have, like, this little envelope holder thingy on my counter, And I actually have all of my bills. I'm old school. I'm not really good with checking my emails and making sure I pay my bills that way. I need to physically see mine so that paperless stuff doesn't work. And then I date it with a red Sharpie, and I put it on my kitchen counter. I'm in my kitchen every single day, four, five, six, seven times a day. So I'm able to see that. Um, And I know when my bills are due that way, and it helps you maintain that. So the payment history. You want to make sure your credit utilization you don't understand how important that is. It is very important for you to make sure that your credit card balance balances remain below 30% of whatever your limit is. So if your credit limit is $300, 30% of that is 30 bucks. Do not exceed that. Don't go beyond that. If you go above 30 Dollars, then you'll notice that your credit scores will drop so your credit utilization is super important super impactful and I need you to take that discipline and manage your credit card debt if your balances are high I guarantee you I guarantee you if you get it down to 10% I know I said that the max is 30 if you get it down to 10% you'll see an increase in your scores anywhere between 50 to 70 points promise you that the next thing is the length of your credit. So how old is your credit? Some people like, oh, I'm just a cash person. I don't do credit. That ain't my thing. Well, the longer it takes you to start building credit, the shorter your credit profile is going to be. You get points, a lot of points, for age, the age of your overall credit. Okay? So you want to make sure that you start establishing credit ASAP. The last, no, the, the next thing is the... Um, New credit. New credit makes up 10% of your credit score. So be careful with those inquiries when you're applying. Also, the new credit, once that account posts in 30 days, you will see it impact your scores. It will go up some. The last thing is mixed use credit. You will have two types of credit on your profile. It's either going to be an installment account, which is a loan, where you make monthly installments every month until you pay it off, or it's going to be a revolving account, which is your credit cards, and your store cards, okay? So you want to make sure you have a a combination of the two on your credit profile. Some installment accounts, some revolving accounts. So that's basically the five factors that make up a credit score. So your scores are ultimately a reflection of those five factors. So once you master those five factors, you are on your way to the 700 Club. I am Maserati Niche, it has been a pleasure serving you guys. I'm loving on you. Make sure you tune into the next Niche Speaks. We're giving you everything that you need to know. I'm going to show you how to get to this bag. I'm loving on y'all. One, take care.